1: Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au Four goals to Ablin. Oh, just a oh, you okay. Justin Madden's got the sit. One hand. Oh, oh, oh. oh the post is broken. Madden's in it. Oh, He-man. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. This is your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. Thank you very much, dear Julian. And g'day, one and all, right across Australia with another edition of This is Your Football Life. And the big thing about this is my young producer, Mitch Cleary, listens to me. And uh, I've got a big say on who comes on, and today's guest is no exception of the quality that we've had over the last two years on behalf of Tobin Brothers. So, you're all sit around having breakfast or you're driving down the coast to do a bit of fishing or surfing. Let's see how good you are in recognising my guest here today. 248 games for the Cats between 58 and 71. A 1963 Premiership player with Geelong. Jewel Beston Ferris. 14 times he wore the Big V Guernsey. A Geelong captain for four years. Geelong Team of the Century as a rover. Coach of Footscray. This might give it away. Between 76 and 78. And then he went back to Geelong from 1980 to 82 and coached his beloved Cats. The big thing he was inducted forever into the Australian Football Hall of Fame. And he is my guest Here's Billy Goggin, and Billy, welcome to the show. Thanks, Rick. Thank you very much. Goodness me, I can remember as a young kid I went down with my mum and dad. It was in 1958, the year that Collingwood upset Melbourne in that wet grand final, and it was the Queen's birthday... And I can't remember you playing, but goodness me, those old days of Geelong, if people had a look at the pine trees down at the Bowen River End, and uh, you know, the Jack Jennings stand where we used to have curry and rice after the game, you know, those great get-togethers, that's a long, long time ago, my friend.
0: Yes, it certainly is, but yeah, we're lucky to be able to say that we've did it, and uh, well, you know, yeah, going back to those days, and it's, it's nice of you to think of those times back when uh, things weren't so, uh, so rosy, but... Anyhow, we've got through them, and uh, Geelong have come out on top.
1: Tell us about North Geelong and the importance of the club. You know, when I was on 3AW and flying high, we had Dick Philpot, who was the president, promoting North Geelong and promoting their grand history. And you're part of that grand history. Tell us about the importance of your development to prepare you to go to the higher level down at Cadinia Park from North Geelong. Ah, oh,
0: well, I had a very good uh, coach in a fella called Reg Dean, and. They had a good under-18 coach in first, Cranston, and they, you know, they instilled discipline in, into the into the teams out at North Geelong. and they also had great uh, senior sides at the time, and uh, there were some wonderful players to, to learn off. And I was lucky to be at North Geelong. That's the way I feel. Uh,
1: you started at the under-19s, and my memory of the under-19s. I was talking to Graham Bond the other day at a function that it was a fantastic just stepping stone into the reserves into the seniors uh, that would be the same for you down there going through the under-19s because you played against the world virtually when a kid was in the under-19s he was a man and you you learnt to either stand up or you went back to North Geelong
0: Yes, that's correct. The I, I felt the under-19s competition was extremely high standard and uh, when I played with them I was only 15 so I was playing against some pretty big boys at the time, especially from Collingwood and and uh, Richmond those fights and then um, when I was six then, I still played there, and I was captain of the under-19s, which was a big thrill. But, oh, look, under-19s, I don't know, it's, it's coming, it's gone, but uh, there's a very, very high standard, and a great stepping stone, as you said, for, for players to go on and play the seniors, and, that's, and there's no doubt about that.
1: Let's get into the seniors, because it, it, it was a golden era, you know, uh, you know, you came out of the hickey era of the early 50s, but then a little bit of a break, and then into the Bob Davis era, uh, you, like me, were probably fortunate when I went to Richmond, when you went to Geelong, we were able to start our own journey with kids who became household names.
0: Oh, no doubt. That's that's what happened. Uh, when I went down there, it was sort of, Ben Shiki was coming to the end, they had some great sides and the players were sort of moving on or they'd retired and, and Bob Davis and Larry O'Brien, they went out and recruited some tremendous players like Doug Wayne and Roy West and, and John Sharrick and it, just was a development between a lot of us at that particular time. Which, which turned out to be good And we finished up winning the premiership
1: Can we get to the most important thing Because what you'll be known of Is part of the great combination Farmer, down to Goggin, down to Wade It was almost as important You, getting the ball to Big Doug uh, And if he's listening at the moment I know that uh, Mick told, Mick Grapsis Our friend told me he had a bit of a setback In Malaysia and we wish you well And a speedy recovery Doug Wade But it was almost like the price Out of the centre to McKenna It was an an era where full forwards were glamorous, but some hard working blokes have to get the ball to them.
0: Oh, look, the thing was, uh, the cream on the top for us was, was Polly. He was a uh, of, I think he was the best player I'd seen uh, in my time, no doubt about that. And uh, he not only uh, helped us in their playing ways, but also I felt he had a, a good deal of help he gave to Bob Davies, because I think he was part of the coaching of, of the team as well. And uh, yeah, Doug was uh, at the end. With, yeah, he just used to come out and grab it and kick a goal. It was it was nice for him, wasn't
1: it? Yeah, too right. It was. <laughs> uh,
0: and uh, but he was a great player, Doug. as he before, proved when he uh, went to North Melbourne yeah. and 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 won the pre- help win the premiership. He did too.
1: When he went to North Melbourne, he changed to a drop punt. And uh, I I say to a lot of young people, I said, you want to read the record books and get in some black and white uh, footage of Goggin stab passing, and that's a drop kick at a very low uh, velocity, (laughs) to Wade, who would then turn around and torpedo punt kick the ball from 30 or 40 metres out. It was a skill just behind the fence to absolutely marvel at.
0: Absolutely, and Doug practiced that a lot. Yeah, Uh, I used to see him at the end of training. Go out there and he, he would uh, have another thirty or forty torpedo punts through the goals from di- different angles and from di- different distances. And yeah. uh, and you got to say that he achieved that himself. No one else told him to do it. He did it himself. Uh,
1: wh- one of the great players in a fantastic uh, in a fantastic era. Uh, why don't we see the drop kick today? Do you think the game is just too much? of a pressurised cooker situation, get rid of the ball, move it on, because I tell you what, when you and I played back in those uh, black and white days, the pressure was on just as much, and people say, oh, would Goggin get a game? Of course he would. Would Farmer get a game? That sort of thing. But the thing about it is, it was a different era and a different game, but you still had to do it under pressure, those drop kicks and those stab passes.
0: Oh, yeah. Look, it's very hard to compare from time to time. You know, it's it's just too hard. I mean... The players these days—they're uh, training seven days a week, so you've got to expect them to be better. Yes, they, they, they've got to be better. You, you have to be—you know yourself—if you trained seven days a week and didn't work, and I stuff we probably would have been better again. But yeah, uh, but no, I, I look—I don't go into that too much. I just think that. The grounds are so good, you think you'd be able to do a drop kick, wouldn't
1: you? Well, you certainly would. And, of course, the game has changed, at, you know, in the three-quarter time huddle where Polenoli, Polinelli might have had a, a smoke of his pipe at half-time, <laughs> uh, Jeff Rosenau had a cup of tea, and, <laughs> uh, you know, somebody else, uh, you know, uh, like... like uh, it doesn't matter, would have a swig out of uh, you know, Torch's little bottle with a little bit of the droppings in it. It's an yeah, amazing but time. Yeah, the trainers
0: didn't like you taking too much of that.
1: No, because Torch <laughs> wanted it back. So, uh, the the, the off-season, although you know we didn't train right through the off-season in those days, I know that you blokes went to Torquay. I know that Hafi introduced us to Percy Sheridy at Portsea, mm-hmm. but we still had a very good break. But one thing I was discussing with Graham Bond the other day was the importance of the pro sprinting. And you are involved with that with Pollinelli. I know that Graham Bond won a Mirriba gift, and a lot of the boys went to Rye and Geelong, and it was an important part. And that's when Tolman uh, got together with Thompson and a lot of the boys running around the off-season at the Caulfield Racecourse. Yeah, no
0: doubt. Like foot running is still is probably is a fitness that... Uh, Related to football, and I don't think you get any fitter than with what you're doing with, with, with running. And uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're the off-season part of it was Arthur Edge, and, and, uh, and of course, Tony, Tony Polinelli won the Bendigo 1000 was second on the store gift. Look, I think they did it back in, I think a fella called Jack Grant yes. won the store gift in 1937. So, yeah, the fitness you got from foot running did help you.
1: With your football no doubt. yeah we're talking to bill Goggin, a champion of the game a legend of the game australian football hall of fame and when the history is written forever indelibly uh billy will take uh, his rightful place in the history of the game uh the 63 premiership uh i know that it's your only one and we still polly still thinks you should have won the 67 but it's gone to richmond but let's get back to 63 the cream on the cape Uh, comes because you were regarded as one of the very, very best players on that day.
0: Yes, well, we had a lot of good players on the day and uh, we'd beaten Hawthorne two or three times during the year and uh, we seemed to just have the wood on a bit, but the best player on that day was, no doubt, Graham Farmer, and he he helped, uh, helped swing the game for us. We may have won it without him, but I wouldn't be sure of that.
1: And, uh, and Yatesy uh, did his job too in the forward pocket. but oh, I know that. Oh, look, everyone yeah, played yeah. pretty well. But time. you had three very good imports in Marshall, Watson, and Farmer. And not was, Marshall. Well, no, not Marshall. Marshall wasn't there. He came later, did he? Yes,
0: uh, yeah, but, Watson, Farmer. But, Watson,
1: Farmer. Yeah. But, the, but they were targeted. Who, who was uh, the main recruiting man who said, we need this fullback and we need to get Farmer because he's the man who can get us into this modern game?
0: Uh, well, that will have be been Bob Davis and Ray yep. O'Brien. Yep. They were the two main people recruiting for us. And the fact was that Graham Farmer was the main player, and John Watts come along with him, and he turned out to be like quite a quite an outstanding player for us, and especially in the grand final. Yeah, but he, he just came along more or less as a an extra. He wasn't particularly targeted, I don't think, as such, but. As it turned out, he was a wonderful player for
1: us. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Tell us about your relationship with uh, with Woofer Davis, a Geelong flyer, uh, dearly departed a few years ago, but what a yeah. celebration of his life. He came from Creswick or up Ballarat way, became a champion on the field, and then became a champion off the field as a coach of the great club. Yes.
0: Bob Bob was... Uh, he had extraordinary pace, Bob. I mean, uh, he, he could run so quickly... He, he used to leave uh, his opponents behind. I think there's a player called uh, was another outstanding foot runner in Norm McDonald, played for Essendon. Yes. was a kid, used to go down and watch him play. And uh, look, Bob could just turn turn the game on us here in in about seven or eight minutes. He kicked two or three goals at the half foot line. But those players in that era were very, very good players. As, you know, I know we <laughs> might think that uh, players in the past are not as good as they are today, but this, it's, I think players would be good at any time if if, if they're able to play in those eras you adjust to the era
1: don't you you adjust to the era and people say oh gee it was so slow but we still got 100,000 to our grand finals but they could run even time too right there's no doubt about that it's a break time coming up relays right across australia and out of the break we continue with billy Goggin. this is your football life and folks a great performer has presence on stage they work hard at engaging audiences And even after the curtains fall, they leave a lasting impression. These qualities make them stand out from the rest. Tobin Brothers Funerals is a perfect example. And after 80 years, they continue to shine. They believe funerals can be a celebration of life and always strive to be innovative and contemporary. These distinguishing qualities make Tobin Brothers Funerals the true performers they are. Tobin Brothers Funerals... Celebrating Lives. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. You're listening to This Is Your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating Lives. Yes, thank you, Julian. Welcome back to you and to you right across the nation. The Tobin Brothers, This Is Your Football Life. Billy Goggin, what an absolute star for Geelong. Inducted into the Australian Football Hall of Fame. In 1971, it was time to leave Cadenia Park. Our time comes to the lot of us, Billy. And you headed west, young man, like Horace Greeley, but you went to Geelong West and you had a fantastic debut season by winning the pennant in your first stint as a coach.
0: Yes, it was tough and uh, it was a pretty hard to uh, get him going because they hadn't had that much success, but the players responded accordingly and, and we did win it, which was, yeah, it was a big thrill.
1: And that was in the second division, which earned yep. you uh, promotion into the first division. And in another three years, you were holding the pennant up in 1975. So you're off and running.
0: Yes, oh, we had a very good side. Um, I had a, a couple of people there that helped me at the club who did some really outstanding recruiting. And the side we had was uh, was uh, you know was probably Woodwell come over and played us in a practice match from South Australia, and we beat them by five goals. That Goodness a me. A yeah. yeah, we well, had some that, outstanding players at Tony Gilmore. Terry Bright played him at actually. Yeah, went but it, but it was
1: a great standard. And uh, oh, it, was, it, was. it was added by Channel O before it became Channel 10, beaming it into every household in Victoria, which made a big thing. You know, it was uh, VFL on the Saturday and the VFA, uh, you know, and, and the more fights, the better. And that was the way it was. You, wo- you watch World Championship Wrestling with Jack Little, then you turn on the VFA and you saw the fights continue. And you played uh, a big role with Sandergam, I, I recall. Well, that I did. forward. Well, I did, yeah. You kicked nine <laughs> against
0: us one day down there, I remember.
1: Oh, I don't remember that, but this is, a, <laughs> this is <laughs> about you, Billy. Let's talk about uh, when you went to Footscray. And you rang me at Detective Training School and you said, Bill yeah. Gannon, can you return my call? But I uh, I didn't know that you were going to be coached. Tell us about how it came about you replaced the great late uh, Bob Rose at uh, Western Oval. Yeah,
0: look... I. I was sort of thinking that I might get a chance at Geelong, but uh, they thought that at the time that they had what they wanted. Um, They did try and recruit me down there to help Polly, which I sometimes think I should have done. Yes. But uh, I wasn't, you know, anyhow, it just happened that uh, these people come down from Footscray, uh, Max Coxford and Kevin Webb, and they talked me into going up to Footscray, and that's that's where I headed. As, as I could, and I enjoyed my time there. I thought it was we had a pretty good team, but they would had a bit of a hangover from uh, from uh, Neil Sachs and
1: yes. when he got injured, and oh, the club yes. was sort
0: of very unsettled. And I and I didn't recognise that straight away, and that was one of the things I should have done. And uh, it, yeah, some of the players weren't quite um, settled at the time, and. We struggled a bit, but we had some good players. Bernie Klingon was a
1: great player for Yeah, no doubt, Barry Round. The fact of the matter is is uh, we're talking to Billy Goggin, and this is just a great thrill for me because, you know, as I said, I saw him play as a kid in 1958 on a long weekend down at Geelong and uh, have admired him ever since. That's just... Uh go back in time to the Neil Sachse incident uh, which which you know put him in a wheelchair oh, dear, have dear. you been surprised like myself and a lot of people that with the way the game has gone since that incident that someone else hasn't got there I think it's actually amazing that no one else has been a quadriplegic or a paraplegic from some of this hustle and bustle that we call Australian football
0: mm, well I said sub- yeah look the umpires are pretty strict on on what happens I'm, yeah. at the moment, and, I, and I'm all for, for that. Uh, and yeah, so we just hope that that never happens, of course. But and look, and I think players are also pretty careful if if you could say that word at times. They just respect the other player just as much as themselves. So yeah, whether, yeah. Uh, yeah. Look, things happen at times and we just hope it keeps going the way it
1: is. There's no doubt about
0: it. Look... It's a terrible thing to even think about
1: to me. I understand that but the thing about it is that I was taught as a young boy and I'd like to get your thoughts as well that if you actually go into a pack 99% you're risking your safety. You must go in at 100% and how many times you say good I might be going to get a nice old jolt here. You come out the other side and say well that was alright. It seems to me that when you brace or you cop a head on uh, collision that that's when the trouble does start.
0: Well the thing is I, I, I you know I believe that you you do protect yourself, or you should be taught how to protect yourself yep. as you're going in. You sort of half-turn yourself or just, yeah, that, that's the way I feel it. If a player is open, well, he can cop it, no doubt about that. And I and I think the fact is that players do know how to protect themselves on most occasions.
1: Our Australian Football Hall of Fame inductee, Billy Goggin, joins us right around the nation today for Tobin Brothers. And we're celebrating the football life of Billy Goggin. So your left foot's grey. You had another small stint in '79 at uh, at West at uh, Geelong, but then you got the job that you'd been after for all your life, uh, coaching Geelong. Uh, tell us a little bit about your time coaching your beloved Cats.
0: Well, we did pretty well. Um, I think we played in four preliminary finals, but never got to the to the grand final. And uh, yeah, I I think that there's a couple of things happened at the time, that Unsettled the, the whole club with the side bottom thing not catching the bus, and those. And, I, yeah. and my time <laughs> ran out sooner than it should have. Oh. And as Harry, I said to Harry, I said you're pretty hard, on, Harry. So I said you're yeah. pretty hard on us um, with the, the umpiring decisions. Yeah. He said, "Don't worry, it'll be your turn next year."
1: Is that all right? Then Harry and I would said say I won't that. be there next year, <laughs> Harry. Thanks very much. <laughs> Uh, you went on to coach uh, Victoria in the state of origin. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think, you know, uh, the modern kids think, oh, we don't know what not know. But a lot of us love state of origin. But it's very, very difficult, Billy, and I'd like your comment on this right around the nation, to ever see it coming back because the home and away series is so important. And I'm sure if you were a modern coach, you wouldn't, uh, you know, be risking one of your very, very best players to play in what a lot of other people think is nothing more than an exhibition game.
0: Yeah, you're spot on, Rex. That, that's exactly what it would be, an exhibition game. Before it was... Yeah, and, and I think that... Uh, I think we've lost it now because uh, you have West Australia, South Australia, all these interstates. So they're playing every week and I don't see that it's ever going to come back again. But at the time, it was tremendous football and it was a great interest to uh, to, to everyone and... Uh, yeah. and yeah, no, yeah, Teddy Whitten, you know, like Ted, was so enthusiastic oh, about the game. And we, 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 I think we, we had 100, nearly 100,000 at the MCG for yeah. the at, at South Australia and Victoria game. And
1: it, uh, he, it, he was one yeah. of the ones
0: that really promoted it up, and he loved it.
1: It really was a golden era of VFL football and interstate football that you came through, wasn't it? It really oh, yeah, was. No doubt.
0: Look, look, if you could get a big B on your chest, mate, you made it. Yeah. And it lifted you and made you a better
1: player. Well, you you did it 11 times. Uh,
0: 14.
1: You, 14 times, I beg your pardon. Uh, I just put, sorry, my glasses, was... put my glasses on here. Could you just let us in to you and your family's feelings when you were inducted indelibly into the history of the game forever ever in 2000 when you went into the Australian Football Hall of Fame? Can you just run through the emotions of the evening?
0: Well, it was... Well, first of all, you don't expect it. Yeah. So suddenly, when they say, "Oh, look, you've got to come up to the Hall of Fame," go well, well, hold on. Yeah. Me? Yeah, you don't. Yeah, you're not not expecting it. And it's it is a big thrill to be to yeah. be honoured like that. As every player that has been inducted into the Hall of Fame, yeah. I don't think anyone's any different. They all just take this being one of the pinnacles of the career. Well, no doubt it is
1: you rightfully take your place now I know that there will be a man listening to this down at Geelong today and his initials are Mick Grapsis I want you to put that on the record because Mick rang me two weeks ago and said that a big snapper took his Rex Hunt rod and reel over the side of the boat in Corio Bay and I want to actually confirm that that was the case right here with you now Billy Goggin
0: well, I don't recall him ever ca- Like sometimes I go fishing with Mick as well. Yeah. And uh, now, what did he? What did he, he catch? He
1: said he. He said he didn't catch anything, but a big snapper took his rod. Oh over yeah, it no, did. no. He's been
0: having no. He's having no luck with Rex. I think he's got a rod there called Rex, the one you gave him. He, and uh
1: Oh no. No, and,
0: and 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 he hasn't had any luck with it, while other people are catching fish around him. And I think he threw Rex away. He threw it over the side. I think he dumped
1: you, mate. Oh, it's gone to Tobin Brothers. On a serious note, uh, the time has just gone, and I've really loved speaking to you because, number one, we're celebrating your football life and your contribution to the code, as I said, which will be indelibly recorded forever for you and your family and your grandchildren and their children to say have a look at our great-grandpop, you know what I mean? It's been a pleasure speaking to you, and as a young kid, I marvel at your skills with Wade and Farmer. Uh, I played against you, and uh, let's hope one day we can share a rod together and we can get Mick a new rod. Yeah, and, yeah,
0: and we'll get Mick to catch a fish,
1: <laughs> hopefully. Well, we mightn't live long enough. Billy, thanks for your time today, and it's <laughs> yeah, been a pleasure to talk to you. It's been my pleasure. This is Billy Goggin. He is a legend of the game.